When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Mike Duffy. I'm joined by Katie and Cameron today to talk about yesterday's 2-2 draw at home to Millwall, which saw Watford go four unbeaten and in a week we've picked up seven points, so very good on the whole of things. Like I say, I am joined by Cam and Katie. Cameron, first things first, how are you doing, mate? You all good? Yeah, I'm good. Um, watching Watford get a late equaliser, always good, mm. but frustrating as ever. But yeah, solid weekend. How about you? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree, mate. It's uh, It was almost bittersweet yesterday. Like when Millwall scored, I think I'm still having flashbacks of last season, to be honest. I'm thinking, right, they've scored late on, you know, we're going to go and lose this and it's going to sort of put a dampener on, on, a, on a good week for Watford. But it's that never-die attitude and... Uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about that in a in a little bit. Katie, uh, I know you're a little bit hungover this morning. Feeling better now, though, yeah? Yes, I'm feeling much better. And obviously, watching Watford uh, get a point at the end after being coming back from being in a losing position always helps and makes the weekend better. Yeah, no, definitely. Don't worry. I've been on this pod. I, I lose count the amount of times I've been over <laughs> whilst having to do the podcast. <laughs> No, you won't be the first, you certainly won't be the last. Um, but yeah, like I say, we are here to talk about yesterday's 2-2 draw with Millwall. We'll dive straight into it with the team news, firstly. There were two changes made from the team that won at Swansea on Tuesday night. Those two changes were Sema and Espria come in for Martins and Inch, respective, uh, respectfully. Cam... In terms of the team news, those just those two changes. Firstly, were you happy with that? And secondly, would you have made any others? No, I was I was really happy with that team. I, I mean, I want to see Reese Healy, but that's unrealistic. Mm. So yeah, I'd go with Bio out of him and Rovic. We're sort of we're changing to a more a more orthodox system slowly, aren't we? We're going more, you know, we stopped with the inverted wing backs a little bit until yesterday. Uh more on that later. And um yeah, we we've gone with Ken on the left, which which is just where he's got to be. And yeah. you know, with the performances he's been putting in off the bench, that's fantastic. He had to be in the team. Um, Yasser Espria, you know, goal and assist in the in the two previous games, he had to be in. And yeah, it's just 
Mateus Martins for me it's, it's so hard to leave him out isn't it because he's such a bright spark he, he's got so much energy so confident with the ball but how do you get him in with Ken Semmer and Yasser Espria it's it's a it's a nice problem to have but yeah yeah we I think we need to try and find a way around it yeah and for me personally I think Ken had to start regardless of how well a season Martins might be having at the moment and I I I think he is I said the other week on the podcast that if the season ended tomorrow my player of the season pick would be Matthias Martins because for me he's been consistent and you know we finally give him the game time that we really needed to give him last season we, we're giving him that game time now and he's flourishing other than maybe the last couple of games but Katie Ken for me had to start yesterday so when that team news come out at two o'clock, were, were you happy with that team as well? Yeah, I think, like you said, he, there was no way that you would leave him out after <clears throat> the game he had. And I also think, like Cam was saying, it is a good problem to have where you're trying to find ways to fit players in where you think, oh, you know, there's three players, but we can only have two. Who do you choose? And I think it is about rotation sometimes as well, like not in this league you can't have everyone start every single game which is unrealistic I think the only thing with the team is that I would say is that it did leave the bench lacking a bit in the sense of like when I think sometimes when Martins comes on he doesn't always bring that same energy as he does when he if he was to start a game whereas I think sometimes when like Ken's come on he's actually like like got the game going more and I feel like we just lack that a bit with the subs and stuff obviously that's a different things to talk about but I still think like I was happy with the team of course but even if he hadn't have started I would don't think I would have been disappointed yeah no absolutely and you know like you've both said you know to have the people that we've got on the bench to bring on you know just to run through the bench yesterday uh Chapadadze, Haymar, Healy, Ince, Loser, Martins, Pollock, Porteous and Royovich that's not a bad bench for a championship team I don't think you know a lot of experience to call on and and you know some of these players you, you you probably wouldn't look out of place starting the game so yeah I think we're very blessed in that sense um must say as well yesterday was Dan Backman's 100th appearance for Watford and he's kept 34 clean sheets in that time that's not bad that's almost you know not he's not far off 50 there um so you know congratulations to him I'm sure we're going to talk about him because yeah, he was possibly at blame yesterday for one of the goals. But the first half started, obviously, you know, we, we've we come into the back of it off two good results. Performances, maybe not. I know you said to me yesterday, Cam, when I was asking the group chat for how, you know, asking you guys for your score predictions, I sort of said, what, what were people thinking? And, and you and Katie sort of said, look, yes, we want the result, but we want the performance. And I think yesterday, Cam, was probably the best first half I've seen. I, now, listen, you know, maybe QPR will blow that out of the water, but that might have been a case of, you know, they were really rubbish as opposed to we were excellent. But yesterday, I thought mm -hmm. performance-wise, it looked a complete team performance in that first half yesterday. And annoyingly, the aim of football is to get the ball in the back of the net. But I think we did everything other than, well, we got it in the back of the net, but we didn't do it in enough times. Um, but I think yesterday's first half performance was uh, was was what we've been waiting for. Really, is that is that something you'd agree with? Yeah, absolutely. We we were a joy to watch. I'd say we. I actually enjoyed watching that Watford performance. We didn't 
we weren't stuck with the ball at the back like we normally are. We found ways to get it forward. And I, I put it down to that midfield, really, because they were really positive. We don't normally see that, do we? We don't see sort of players trying to get on the ball and use their body to shield it. But Ishmael Kone and Edo Kayembe, they were fantastic at that. They were, you know, they were showing for the ball. They were receiving it. They were shielding it. They were turning and they were playing forwards. And yeah, that is exactly what we've been missing. I know we've been getting a few results, but some of those performances have been pretty drab. And I put it down to the midfield just just being anonymous. So mm-hmm. it, if you're looking, if you're Imran Loser or Georgie Chapatati or Tom Deli Bashiru, who didn't even make the bench, you're you're going to have a hard time getting back in because I thought that midfield was phenomenal. And yeah, we played absolutely fantastic stuff. Yeah, and as Cam said there, Kate, you know, the midfield, Kayembe yesterday for me, I don't know if you agree with this, but that was his best performance in a Watford shirt, hands down. And Jake Livermore, maybe not as good as he was on Tuesday night, but Jake Livermore, furthermore, is showing why he should be in that starting eleven, isn't he, Katie? A hundred percent. Like, I think a lot of players, like... We're like obviously, yeah. I'm happy to give players stick, but also credit when they deserve it. Like some players have really stepped up in the last few games. Obviously, yeah. I've never been a fan of KMB. Like I always thought he was a bit, mm, but you know he has stepped up and he did have a really good game yesterday. Like it was really good. And same with Livermore. Like the first games, I was like, mm, like you know, he's not really. He doesn't look anything special. But again, he's really stepped up. I think. Like Cam was saying, anyone else who's trying to get into this midfield is going to really struggle now because that it looked so solid against, you know, a good side. Like, so I think, you know, I think, yeah, the midfield was really, really good and they just helped move the ball forward all the time. Like they were one of the main sources of the attack. Yeah. Yeah. And just a word on Jake Livermore. Ben put a tweet out on um, on our socials last night and he he rightly pointed out that Livermore started the last four games and we're unbeaten in those four, collecting eight points out of possible 12. And we asked for Watford fans, your guys' basically thoughts on him, really. And I'll just read some of them out. Um, Dan Harvey said, just what we needed, an experienced pro who controls the tempo, organises as importantly is in the ear of the referee. Now, that I agree with. You know, we, we haven't had a player like that since Troy, I don't think. And it's always harder when your captain is a goalkeeper. He's not going to be there to sort of be in the ear of the ref. And, you know, sometimes you see some questionable decisions, but if every player's appealing for it, he's more likely to cave in, isn't he? So if you've not got anyone peppering the ref at times, you know, he uh, it, it doesn't always work out like that. Um, Mr. Snowd said he seemed to be in no man's land position yesterday, contributed little going forward and seemed in the tease about which Millwall player to pick up defensively. Uh, and then Tom Tomsey replied saying it didn't help that both Millwall strikers hovering near him every time who had the ball, so limited his involvement on that front. He's been very good at his, what he's been asked to do. Ian Hornet said he's been getting better each week, midfield general, which uh, we've needed someone like him for a while. I like him. Loser deserves to be on the bench. Um, and then Lee actually says he would dread the thought of him not being in the starting eleven. So, you know, I think, look, when he come in, you, you look at Jake Livermore, I think he turns 35 in a couple of months. And he's not someone who's young. And he's sort of been around the block a bit. And you sort of think, well, 
that's not the player you want. You want a progressive midfielder, someone that's got legs, someone that can do the sort of hard work and the miles. And yeah, you know, when he come in, he, he didn't look in great shape when we saw him in, in pre-season and the early knock-ins of the season as well. I remember that QPR game, I think he come on. And uh, the only reason he looked half decent, you know, was because they were so poor and they didn't really sort of test us in the middle. But he's certainly, for me, been one of the standout players. And he shows why experience is so key in this league. We've just lost Clever Lee, Cathcart, Gosling, you know, to name a few. You look back on the seasons that we got promoted, we brought in Matthew Connolly, Ben Watson, Sebastian Bassong, people that know the league. And Jake Livermore's been there, done it, he's got the T-shirt. So, for me, he really is stepping up to the plate um, it, so far in this last couple of games. Um, we obviously knew that Millwall, you know, going back to the game, Millwall were without a manager. I don't think they've been on the best of run recently. The, the game coming into this, they, they took the lead against Blackburn and, and, and lost 2-1. And their last win was on the 3rd of October. They beat Plymouth. I think that was before they got rid of Rowett, though. Um, and they've actually, I didn't realise this, got one of the best away records. They've uh, only Leicester, and I can't remember who the other team was, have conceded less than them away on the road this season. So um, it only took seven minutes for us to break the deadlock. Yasser Aspria, the man to get it. That makes it back-to-back -back goals at home for Yasser Aspria. Uh, Cam a little bit lucky yesterday, but sometimes you've got to take that rub of the green and that luck. And it was in the right time. And Jake Cooper, his, his clearance ricocheted off Yasser Aspria. And uh, a hint of fortune as well with the goalkeeping from Kayembe's shot. Should have really held on to that. But uh, yeah, you take it, don't you? And it, it was, we'd, we'd gone ahead and, and our tails were up, weren't they? Yeah, there was another slice of luck before that as well, because we had Ngakia on the edge, his sort of deflected pass, found Kayembe perfectly. Mm. Um, yeah, good, good turning shot from him. Keeper should obviously be claiming that. And it, it's a testament to Yasser's hard work, isn't it, that he's got that goal? Because you know, for all for all his ability on the ball, that's what we love him for. But his running, he he just he doesn't stop. He works really hard, and he does get stuck in. I think that's something that's improved about Yasser Espria this season as well. He does a lot of dirty work, and I'm not saying he he didn't work hard last season, but we do see him sort of closing down uh, clearances, you know, making challenges, and yeah, it's he he deserved that goal. I think just for his hard work alone. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I got through off then. My missus was ringing me and she knows I'm podcasting, so I don't know why she's ringing me. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, Espria, another goal. That That's two goals and assist in his last three games. So, you know, maybe KE, he's coming into his own and he's getting used to the league and getting used to English football because it wasn't long ago, actually, that I, I can't remember what game it was now. And there was rumours that he wanted to leave and there were many Watford fans saying, well, I don't think he's lived up to expectation yet and he certainly doesn't warrant a move to the Premier League. Are we now seeing what we expected from Espria in these last few games? He, he really is a game changer and and someone that that could be, you know, the, the main man if he really wanted to and got that run of games in the team, isn't it? Yeah, I was just literally about to say that I really think he's stepped up to a different role this season and I think when you have the likes of who we lost last season it allows people like him to come through and you know show what he can do because last season we had a lot of players who you know 
they're like the star of the show and everyone else kind of gets overlooked. And I think now is a really good chance for him to kind of come up and show show us what he's all about. And I really think, you know, like he said at the start of the season when everyone was like, oh, he doesn't care about the club, like he's going to leave, whatever, whatever. And now in the last few games, he really is something special on the pitch. Like he works so hard and you can really see it. And he just brings that energy and that little bit of flair to the game. And I'm so happy that he got, obviously, yeah, it was, you know, right place, right time. But, you know, it's a goal and back-to-back goals and you can't ever take that away. But I think he's really stepped up and, you know, he could be someone really important for us this for the rest of the season. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, it, it's been great seeing him come off the bench and really, you know, bring the game back to life. Sometimes when, you, when you're in a game and it's a bit flat and you bring the subs, uh, you know, bring him off, off the bench, he can really lift that mood again. Sort of the opposite of what we saw yesterday, annoyingly, which we'll talk about. But uh, hopefully it won't be long before he can start playing, you know, a full 90 minutes. You know, he was he was hooked after 60 minutes yesterday, uh, wrongly, I think, which again, we'll get into um, in, in a short while. The lead didn't last long, though. Five minutes later, uh, Zion Fleming got the goal that uh, he called it for Millwall. I must say, we were just talking about how good he was. The defending, that, that would have been right in front of where you sit, Cam, wouldn't it? And the defending... Yeah. Jake Livermore was, you know, it was like a traffic cone, really. He was sort of stuck in the mud a little bit. And it's a really poor goal to to concede. And it continues to be that case for Watford. We cannot help defending poorly. And we should know, especially against a team like Millwall, they're going to win it aerially and they're going to bully us. So you'd have thought we'd have learned our lesson, surely. Yeah, look, I feel for Jake Livermore a bit here because he, he's picked up his man. And he's got it covered. He, he's clearing that until Tom Bradshaw gets a flick on completely unmarked in the middle. Someone, I, I mean, we know all about Tom Bradshaw. We know what he can do. So yeah. someone pick him up. But yeah, that flick on completely throws off Livermore. He's wrong footed and it, it's an easy finish for, for Fleming. But it's set pieces all the time that we can see them for fun. It, I'm not blaming him here, but it doesn't help having a, a goalkeeper that the defenders don't have any faith in on set pieces. Uh, yeah, they need to they need to work a solution for this because it's it's our detriment nearly nearly every week. I'd say. Yeah, I think that's what's frustrating. You know, we we can have all this possession and we can sort of create these half chances and still not put them away. And the annoying thing is, if we shored up the defensive errors, like how many times have we been on here, Katie, and talked about gifting the opposition a goal? And you think, I wish it was as simple as this, but if you think, if we eradicated this poor defending and zonal marking, whether you agree with it or not on corners and everything else, we could be, you know, a lot higher in the table because I'm not being funny. We, we talked about last season being quite a poor championship. I don't think the championship's that much stronger this season. You know, we, we last week, actually, Katie, after the, uh, not last week, uh, a couple of weeks ago, after the Cardiff game, me and you were on here, and we were saying, look, after the international break, we got three games in a week. And me and you both sat here and said, we could be sitting here next, uh, like on that Sunday, talking about picking up nine points, seven points, zero points, and things could be completely different. We are now sat here and we have not lost in that week. We've picked up seven points from a possible nine. 
it just, like I say, it's just so frustrating, isn't it, that we seem to still have these little tweaks we need to make defensively because some of the goals we're gifting away, you take them out and we, we if we actually stop dicking about for once, we could be up there this season easily. Yeah, I think like we really, I think we should have won yesterday. Like, yeah, with take away the goals that obviously the goals conceded were again just like defending errors. And we, the first half, we should have been about 3 1 up. Like, we had so many chances to score. And like you were saying after the Cardiff game, we said, if you had said then you'll get nine points from those three games, like, we would be up near playoffs. And mm-hmm. I think. It is just disappointing when that happens. But then also, I'm really proud that we've managed to get six points and then we drew against Millwall because we were saying, oh, you know, we probably would lose against Millwall. We might get a win against um, Sheffield Wednesday. Like, it was a bit hit and miss, but we've managed to come out with, you know, seven points and that's not bad. But, yeah, it is poor defending costing us these games. You know, I don't think Millwall were at all that amazing and no, I thought agree. we were by far the better side and we really should have won that game um but yeah you know we didn't but I would have no absolutely I think you, you're spot on there Katie I think that that's what frustrates us the most you know we come up against teams and you know we've dropped points against teams which perhaps on their day don't look amazing you know Millwall for me yesterday they knew how they were going to come and play and they were set up to let us have the possession, soak it up, and then hit us on the counter. I went on the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes um, Twitter space after the game, and I said it was very similar to how we, I think, wanted to set up against Swansea. The only difference was Swansea were that poor, we sort of we, we could have a little bit more freedom with it. I think we were obviously expecting Swansea to have a lot more of the possession, but they were giving the, uh, giving the ball away, a lot of misplaced passes, passes going out for throw-ins, and I think that allowed us to have a little bit more freedom in that game. Whereas I think Millwall yesterday come and they were like, right, we know Watford are going to have a large quantity of the ball. That's fine. Soak it up and then bam, we hit them on the counter because, you know, they've got players in that team that can get them forward very quickly. Um, and it, it is frustrating because, you know, I think I, I don't know if you two can jump in at any time here, but I personally don't feel like that was the Millwall that we saw last season. That that was a completely different Millwall side. And look, they're going through a bit of a transition at the moment. They've just lost Gary Rowett. Uh, well, gotten rid of him, sorry. Um, there's a caretaker manager who doesn't know whether he's going to be here from one minute to the next. The rumours are it's Kevin Muscat going in. Um, Neil Warnock, I know he's been linked back with QPR today, um, but yeah, he, you know, his his style of football, however that may be, in these few games in between, that, that it's not going to stick around. So yeah, I, I didn't think Millwall were all that yesterday, which makes it even more increasingly frustrating because Cam, I thought for the whole of the first half, I thought we were superb and we should have got we, we should have got another goal, shouldn't we, Cam? Yeah, look, I'll counter your point about it's not the same Millwall as last season. Well, it's not the same Watford as last season either. <laughs> no, we, there's there's definitely a better mentality around. And yeah, last season we would have just sunk to a team like like Millwall, uh, no matter which one turned up. So yeah, say what you want about our quality, but the mentality looks much much better. 
we should have got another goal that half. I, I think what we struggled with is actually creating clear-cut chances. You know, we had a few few half chances, but yeah, we, we sort of lack the incisiveness. And I think that will come with a, a, a better number nine, to be honest. We need someone uh someone who you know more mobile like bio but also can occupy the defenders make a bit of room uh so yeah we are we aren't the complete article but mm. it was much better and we probably should have been winning after that first half yeah uh, interesting you say about that number nine actually because we've had a question um from our very own joe thomas and i've been thinking when can i actually bring this up to ask but i'm going to ask you now so he said, if Bio and Rajovic have a bad few games and he doesn't seem to want to give Healy a chance, would you play Martins up front in that number nine role? Now, I've seen a few people say this. For me, personally, I don't think he has the attributes to be a number nine. And I don't think we'd be, be any better off with having Martins in that nine role. Um, what your, your face would suggest that you agree, Cam? No, I, I'm not sure I agree. I, I think, look, Martins... He does his best work coming in off that left side. I, I think maybe in a front two with with a Healy or a Ryovic or a Bio, he he could work if he if he can still you know work on that left side of the pitch. He, he scores his goals cutting in. He you know he does all his best work, all his take ons. He's very one footed. Mm-hmm. Um, we we did see a glimpse of him on the right yesterday, didn't we? And it, it wasn't nearly as good. So. I don't think he's quite versatile enough to play up front. Um, but we, we do have that selection headache we mentioned earlier. You know, if we I don't want us to shoehorn him in, but maybe, maybe there's a way we can get him in up front. Yeah. And Katie, could you see um Martins maybe as, as a number nine or is that a no go for you? Um I don't know. I feel like he I don't know, like it's kind of like, oh, I could see us trying him there if we if we seriously needed it. I mean, it wouldn't be my first choice, but like it wouldn't hurt to give him a game there. Like you said, if he was up there with someone else, maybe because that way they could like work together and he could still be able to like kind of like come in from the side and stuff. I don't know. So maybe, but it wouldn't be my first choice. No, I think it'd be very harsh on Healy if we uh, if we bypassed him. I know, obviously, Ishmael doesn't quite fancy him or rate him or whatever, but uh, to completely bypass him and, and go for Martins up top, you know, I think that would really piss Healy off. And whether he's on the books to go down for a loan in January already, I don't know, but I think that would maybe force his hand a little bit if that was to happen. Uh, I must say as well, um, for you guys watching at home, if there's anything you want to ask us or any comments you want to make, about the game whilst we're talking about it, please don't hesitate to drop it in the comments and we will bring it up, we will discuss it, we will answer any questions, etc. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much if you are watching. Um, again, in the first half yesterday, I thought a man who really, really stood out for me, Ken Semmer. Like, we talked about Ken Semmer in that lockdown season and he was really, really, you know, good and I thought he was... That's where the fans sort of started to take him in as their own and a bit of a fan favourite and all this, you know, he was a Swedish goat and all this. That's where that really started. And I feel like yesterday was back to those sort of performances because in that first half, he was deployed out on the left uh, on the wing and we obviously saw him come in and it wasn't long ago that we were saying, you know, he, he perhaps is a little bit better over on at left back. But for me yesterday, Katie, 
he he was in complete control and he was getting us forward at every opportunity. And as well, I want to say that I think Lewis really, really worked well with him over on that left-hand side. I thought the overlapping of the two was really good. And uh, that, that was probably one of the best performances I've seen from Lewis as well. No, I agree. I was, yeah, I was thinking him as well. Like, I thought Lewis, you know, the first few games, I wasn't massively impressed by him. I thought, you know, he's a bit lazy. He's not really adding much to the pitch. But mm. uh, the last uh, few games, honestly, he's 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 been really good. Like, I think it could be that partnership with um, Ken. It just, you know, when those two players and just works, like, they just yeah. understand each other. And I really think Ken has stepped up. Like, I don't know if it's like a you know, confidence thing or, you know, now he's actually getting the game time and obviously he had his injury. So I wasn't sure if maybe that was why, you know, he's come back from that now and he's honestly playing some really good football. Like some, I was just watching him at like that first half. He was so good, like just driving everything forward all the time, getting recoveries every and challenges. Like he just does everything, Like he works so hard and it's, it's paying off as well. Like, you know, the goal he scored the other week, like, was so good. And I honestly, like, he is such a fan favourite as well. Like, you just can't hate him. Like, he's mm. such a nice guy. Um, but no, I think he is definitely up there with someone this season who is going to be our, our main man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If he wants to, that that opportunity is absolutely there. And I think ultimately, Cam, that's what we've wanted from a Watford side. We want players on that pitch who care, who look like they're giving 100% for the shirt. And yes, everything he does doesn't always work out. But, you know, if he loses a ball, he'll bust a gut to try and get it back. And I thought, like I said a minute ago, I thought yesterday was the best we've seen Ken in a long time. In that first half only. When he was moved to the right in the second half, you've said it before, Cam, I agree. On the right, he just doesn't work. It's completely, you know, inept over on that right. But that first half for me yesterday... A solid performance from Ken. Yeah, I, I've always wanted more from Ken, to be honest. I've wanted a bit of consistency. He can pull out a really good game, but I, I don't think we see enough from him, especially as a winger. I much prefer him at left-back. However, he looked really, really assured with the ball yesterday, didn't he? Just yeah. every time he got it, every touch, you know, every every pass, perfectly weighted. At every every time he tried to carry it, you know, perfect. He couldn't he, he couldn't get tackled. It just stick to him, and yeah, that's it, it's what we need. We need someone who's going to drive us forward. We need someone who's going to bring quality, especially in in deliveries um, into the box because that's something we've really struggled with. I think getting any kind of service. And look, I have my problems with Ryovic. I I don't rate him particularly highly. But I think there is there is a link up. I know we didn't see it today, but there is a link up there that you know we could prosper from. Ryovic getting onto uh, Ken Semmer crosses. I want to see a bit of that. Um, I mean, look, Bio works hard, but yeah, I'd, I I want to see those two link up um, like we saw at, at the end from a loser cross. So yeah there's there's definitely room for ken Semmer to you know maybe maybe be our player of the season if he can become consistent absolutely and just to sort of echo what you said katie you know i think 
Um, Ken, you know, he's been injured, so confidence might not be there. It's, you know, first few games back. But for me, he's come back and he's hit the ground running. And Sammy Lewis as well, really. You know, let's not forget that Lewis was completely frozen out at Newcastle because they do have better options, unfortunately, for Lewis. So he's gone from not playing regular football to being thrown in the deep end at Watford where the fans are, you know, really pissed off with how the team form last season. They want players that are going to give 100%. And Lewis's 100% might not be quite the standard that Watford fans would have wanted because he's not had the chance to play regular first-team football. And we are now seeing him come into his own. And like I say yesterday, I think the last couple of games we've seen him overlap. And that is what we want. I've not seen a player overlap like that um, on a side since Kiko and Saar used to do it. And they were brilliant at it. And, um, you know, Lewis not afraid to get forward and, and cut those balls back, get the, the crosses in. And uh, ultimately, as Cam just said, Rajovic isn't going to be your man who, you know, runs his absolute bollocks off. He's going to be a man that sort of sticks around in the penalty area waiting for these crosses. And that's what happened yesterday. And look what happened. He scored his fourth goal of the season. Um So we went into the game 1-1 at half time, sort of scratching our heads, thinking, how are we not, you know, winning here? And how is this 1-1? Um, and then, you know, the second half starts and Jeremy Ngakia, who's another player I want to pick out because I think, you know, the listen, I think Ben put a tweet out on our podcast after the uh, Swansea game saying how good it is to see, you know, Ngakia really performing. Now, I actually wanted to sort of play devil's advocate a bit with that point because I thought his first half against Swansea was really poor. And I actually said to the guy next to me, I went to uh, with Ricky, I said I'd be hooking him at half time. I, I didn't know who for because you know we don't we're not blessed with right back options on the bench, especially because Andrews was suspended. Uh, he's now available, by the way, for the next game at Huddersfield. But um, that second half, I thought he was brilliant. And yesterday, I thought he was brilliant. Cam, you sort of said he's not had the chance to have a run of games to show that consistency. And hopefully, this is now that run of games showing that consistency. But he was very unlucky yesterday, wasn't he, Cam? Straight on, um, into the second half, goes on a bit of a mazy run, gets a shot away, takes a massive deflection off Harding, I think it was. And it must have rolled slow motion. And it just went wide. I think it was Kone that was trying to sort of get a nick on it just before it went over. But it rolled just fast enough that Kone wasn't able to get there. But yeah, Cam, talk to me about Ngakia. Yeah, look, nearly, nearly very lucky as well. You say unlucky, but that would have been yeah. an amazing goal, um, rivaling Hoots against Coventry. Um, <laughs> I thought Ngakia was, was fantastic, to be honest, playing that sort of inverted fullback role uh, as sort of a, another midfielder, really solid ball carrier. I think he is technically better than than Andrews, and that's why he suits the role a bit more. His first Watford goal is is coming, I think, because the amount of times he's come close, it, it's it's not far away. And no. I mean, you saw he, he cut in on his left foot as well. I, I don't think we've seen much of Ngakia's left foot, but that that's confidence for you. He, he's definitely. Even with Andrew's back, I'd I'd let him keep his place against Huddersfield. I think he played fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm still, I still to this day don't know how that shot he had against Birmingham at home <laughs> last season in midweek didn't go in. It whistled past the post. I was sat in a rookery 
uh, with with you actually. And uh, yeah, that was so so close to going in. And uh, yeah, I, I I must say, you know, other than that first half against Swansea, I think he's growing into it. And sort of maybe the Jeremy and Gakia of old, because when he first came in that lockdown season, he started under Ivic and he was superb and he was top of all these stats defensive-wise. And then he'd just gone off the boil because of his injury problems. KE going into Huddersfield, like Cam said, he's going to stick with him. Are you going to stick with him or are you bringing Andrews in? Does it, do you think he's, he's done enough in the last few games to, to warrant keeping his place in the starting eleven? Hmm. I don't know. I think I'd probably keep him. Yeah. Only because I don't think he's done anything to not be kept in. Yeah. Like I'm not. I'm still. I think he's been better, but I do think he's not. He's not brilliant. I would. I don't yeah. think he's like jaw dropping. But I would probably keep him in only because I. I would. I do agree. I think over the last few games, he's he's stepped up. Like. Yeah. But. I wouldn't, you know, I'm not, I don't have full confidence in him yet. It's yeah. still, I'm still a bit half and half. I think, again, I do, I do think Andrews is better and I feel more confident when he's in that position, but I probably wouldn't put him straight back in. I'd probably see how it goes for Huddersfield and like, that will be a tough game for us. And I think if Nangakia has got confidence now, you know, you, you, why would you drop him? Like there's, mm. there's no reason. Yeah, no, no, uh, absolutely. You know that that that's that's why we sit on a podcast and talk about things. You know, not not everyone's going to have the same views on players, and that's very interesting that you think that. And I think he will stick with Ngakia because if it's not broke, don't fix it, sort of thing. You know, he's he's not done anything horrendous to to be like right as soon as Andrews is back, get him in. Uh, I do think Andrews will eventually worm his way back into the side. Uh, that that sort of makes it sound bad, actually. But I think he'll work his way back into the side, um, uh, personally. Uh, not sure when. But yeah, Huddersfield, we'll make hard work of that. I was looking yesterday at their record. They lost to Leeds 4-1 yesterday. And they've won one in their last nine games. So uh, we love, obviously, playing teams like uh, like Huddersfield, who are on horrendous runs of form. <laughs> it, it does surprise me, actually. I saw a couple of Huddersfield, not to go off the boil a bit here, but... Saw a couple of Huddersfield tweets yesterday, and they're, they're already saying like Darren Darren Moore's quite clearly not cut out for this sort of level of management. I'm thinking bloody hell, he's had what three, four games, um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like you say, I'm sure we'll make hard work of that. Um, but yes, the second half that was probably as, as as good as it got until later on. I think really can you know they? I think Millwall sort of grew into the game and their their plan of coming and sitting behind the ball and trying to let us, you know, break us down, break us down. And we were sort of running out of ideas a little bit, I think. And, and Millwall, 83, 84 minutes on the clock, I think it was, um, went and and notched ahead. It was uh, it was an easy header by Harding. I've watched it back. And to be honest, I can't tell whose man it's meant to be. I think, not to point fingers at him straight away, I think it was Kayembe's man. But for you, Cam, on that corner, um, it was the 85th minute, Wes Harding. On that corner, who's to blame? Because I've seen people slag Batman off. I've seen people slag the zonal marking off. For me, it's both. Batman quite clearly goes to come to the ball and then decides, no, I'm actually going to stick on my line. And then 
you know, it clear as day, you know, I could see where he was putting that header. He wasn't going to the side. He was running onto it and he was going straight down the middle. But Backman thought, nah, he's going to the side and he dives to the side. You know, five minutes left the normal time and they're two one up. Like what what were your thoughts on that goal yesterday, Cam? It's frustrating. We've <laughs> been out of sight by then. Um Backman for me just it's it's his usual thing, isn't it? He's so indecisive on corners. Um, he he starts to come for the cross as he normally does, and then he just shrinks back to his line. It's it is such a high ball in as well. Like any, I think any other goalkeeper in this league would claim that. And yeah, Bialkowski down the other end, he had a, a shaky game, but I think even with his confident shot, he would be claiming that. Um, yeah, I, it's I think it was losers man, not KMBs. Um, yeah, he, he should have picked him up a lot better for sure. But when you don't have any confidence in your goalkeeper, it, it must be so hard to stay focused on a on a corner. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, as Joe points out here, that's always been an issue with Batman. He goes to move and decides not to, and he's out of position. Okay. And I do remember now, it was loser. So apologies, Koyembe, and any fans that are watching from the um, Dominican Republic of Congo, um, please don't come for me. Um but yeah, you know, really, really frustrating. Katie, uh, you know, the last couple of games we've sort of looked, well, maybe not the last couple of games, maybe just Tuesday, because he didn't have a, fat, a lot of things to do against Sheffield Wednesday. But Tuesday night, you know, I, I was sort of praising him how well he was. He made two match-winning saves for me, maybe three. And he pulled out some real big saves. He obviously got back-to-back -back clean sheets. I can't remember how many he's on for this season, but... I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he's up there um, with with like the highest in the league, possibly. Um, but he goes from you know having two back to back clean sheets, having a super performance on Tuesday night, to then going and doing that, and you know really really disappointing on his hundredth game as well. For you, does he have to do better on that corner? Yeah, I think the thing with him is he is quite inconsistent. Like, yeah. he will have two games where he, like, keeps us in and literally wins us the game, and then he'll concede goals like that. And it's like, we know he's better than that. We know that he can... Like, you should come for that. Like, I would have expected him to come for um, that corner because, it, like you said, it was high. Like, I don't know why he kind of... He it was like he went he always tries to go and then he's like oh no and he just yeah it's just poor very poor decision making. Mm -hmm. Um I would say that he probably was at fault for the goal, but like you were saying, it's just it is hard as a defender to not know what your goalkeeper's gonna do. Like mm. they don't know if they should be marking or this or whatever, because it's just in he can't make up his mind about what he's gonna do. Um I still don't think, like, he's been... It's hard to dish out, like, criticism because he has been so good in other games. Like, the Swansea game, you know, he was good. And even in games where he makes mistakes like that, he does make other good saves. Like, I'm pretty sure he uh, he actually saved uh, one of them yesterday. I can't remember. I just remember thinking, oh, that was a good save. Like, he does make good saves, which is why it's so frustrating when he does stuff like this because it's like, we know you're better than this. Mm. Yeah, I uh, I think it was, I think he closed one of their players down. They, they went through and he closed one of them down. So absolutely, you know, there's no denying shot stopping wise, he's one of, if not the best in the division. 
but his overall goalkeeping is still questionable and it is frustrating when you see him come out and then no I'm actually going to stay here because mm. like Cam said the defenders must be thinking well what the fuck's he doing like one minute he's pulling off this save and clawing it out top bins and the next he's not even coming for a simple cross so yeah it's frustrating I mentioned as well in terms of clean sheets um he's actually sixth on the list he's got the joint uh joint second so Alex Palmer and uh, Haldke, uh, the Ipswich Town goalkeeper, uh, they've both got six clean sheets. And then there's four goalkeepers on five. So Hermanson from Leicester, Ownwick from Cardiff, Meslier from Leeds and Dan Batman from our good selves. So yeah, joint second in the league. That does surprise me, actually. I thought the Leicester keeper would be miles away. But I think that, you know, they've conceded, although they have won a lot of games they have uh, have conceded in, in in a lot of them as well. So yeah, um, second most clean sheets and Bill Kowski's actually got um, the the third joint most clean sheets with four, which does surprise me because he looked very shaky yesterday and even more frustrating why we didn't sort of test him a bit more. But I uh, I have skipped past something which I was meant to bring up, so apologies about that. Jumping the gun and we're going to go back in time now. Um, Obviously, you know, I just mentioned there, Millwall winning, uh, well, Millwall going on and, and getting that goal and taking the lead with five minutes to go. And I think for me, the tide really turned in the 60th minute. The substitutions he made yesterday, the last couple of weeks, you could probably say the subs have changed the game for the better. And, you know, especially against Sheffield Wednesday, you know, Espria coming off the score, uh, coming off the bench to score. Chat for Dads, he looked hungry when he came on against Sheffield. Uh, and then the subs that he made on Tuesday night was sound enough to sort of make us see see out the game. But for me, yesterday, the subs, he got them wrong. We saw Rajovic come on. Um, we saw, um, I'm trying to think who else come on now. I have got it written down. Uh, we saw Rajovic, Martins and Loser on for Bio, Ken and Kone. Now... For me, maybe Bio. I mean, I just want to say on Bio as well. Yesterday, I know his goal is to score goals, and that is, you know, his job is to get those goals. But for me, yesterday, I thought off the ball work was superb. Again, closed down that chance in the second half where Bilkowski just took a little bit too long to release the ball from his feet. And on another day, that maybe goes in the back of the net. But I thought his work rate was brilliant yesterday. He does what we want Rajovic to do in terms of the dirty work. Uh, and, you know, Rajovic, so far, with his goals, he does what we want Bio to do with the goal-scoring department. So, it's like, you know, you've got one thing in one strike and one in another. You're like, I wish they would have both their, both have each other's attributes. So, yeah, um, Warwick Bird said here that Kone shouldn't have been hawked. Bad decision by Ishmael. For me, all three of those subs, I think they were the wrong subs. And I think as well, um, they, they really, you know took the sting out of us yesterday, didn't they, Cam? Because, yeah, we maybe didn't start the second half with the same sort of intensity that we did in the first half, but we certainly were on top until those substitutions are made. Yeah, look, I was thinking back to one of the great Watford substitutions in recent history. Mary on for Messina, half-time away at West Ham, 3-0 down. <sighs> These three subs were all astronomically worse than that. That I, I don't know what he's thinking. You take off our three most energetic players, they're running the show. Bio is starting to grow into it. Yasser's, you know, really giving us a cutting edge. 
and Kone, he's everywhere. He's he's running non-stop. I didn't agree with any of it. I know he's got his sort of, they've got the Fitbits and, you know, it tells them when they should come off to prevent injury. We haven't got a game for another week. We haven't got a midweek game. Let them play because we're dominating that game. And just to make it worse, you bring off, uh, you bring on three players who, you know, they want to play to a lower tempo. Um, was it, yeah, Mar Martins, you know, he gives us energy, but you're playing him on the wrong side. Yeah, he's not a right winger. All his best work comes on the left, and then we sacrifice Ken, who then has to go on the right. And you know, we as we said earlier, he can't play on the right. He's just nowhere near as effective. But yeah, Rivic and Loser, they want to play to a lower tempo. They don't want quick football. Um, I I thought both of them and Martins were quite poor, obviously until the ninety sixth minute or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it it's just it's really frustrating and if you think their performances are going to fall off if you think they're going to get injured just watch them they're not slowing down they're they're ready to keep playing so yeah i'm i'm really baffled by that one to be honest yeah yeah and uh you mentioned that substitution against west ham mariapa recently followed us on instagram and Maybe the interview would have been in a bag up until then. So thanks, Gal. <laughs> uh, let's hope you don't watch the podcast today. But no, look, they did. You know, they, they really took the sting out of the game. And like I said, it, it's not something that can be said from for recent games because I thought those, we know he likes to make the subs on the 60th minute, a bit like Cisco did. Uh, and, you know, in recent weeks, they've sort of worked for the better for us. But Katie, I mean, to bring the sprayer off, like Cam says, you know, we know Martins can you know, really bring flair. But Espria's on fire at the moment. So for me, why bring him off? And, excuse me, and the other one, loser for Kone. Kone, for me, the last few games has been superb and has shown that he can, if he reaches his full potential, he can be the best player at this club. I've, I've no doubt about that. His passing ability is second to none. And loser, for me, has really fallen off since that QPR game. And I think Cam, you've hit the nail on the head there. He likes, he likes to play the game at a slower tempo. Well, unfortunately, pal, you're in the fucking second tier of English football. You, go, you don't get time to dilly-dally on the ball. Like, it needs to be quick tempo. It's very fast in your face. You maybe get away with it in the prem if you're a mid-table team or something. But, yeah, I, I think he's he's all wrong at the moment. But, yeah, Katie, I mean, those those subs yesterday, they, they, they really did take the sting out of the game. And... Obviously, then Millwall went on to score. Did you perhaps worry that, oh, OK, the game's gone a bit flat now because of them subs. Um, Millwall have just bloody scored. Did you think that was it? You know, back to old Watford, like bloody hell, you know, had two good results and now we've thrown it away on on on, on the Saturday against Millwall. Yeah, I mean, we, like, literally in the group chat, we were like, oh, I wouldn't have made those subs, wouldn't have taken yeah. those players off because we were playing so well I was like at least I understand you want to make the subs but just watch yeah. the game like nothing was going wrong nothing was like bad I wouldn't have thought if if we were like if he could obviously see players were struggling then yeah, yeah understand make the subs but they weren't they literally weren't like they were actually growing into it I thought they was going to score in a minute he was he was like I literally was like he's getting he's ready like the goal's coming but mm. um then obviously as soon as we lose that tempo you almost see like 
the body language of all the players suddenly just drop. And then obviously, yeah, they score. Great. Here we go again. Like I was like, what were those last two games? Just fluke results. Mm-hmm. But I did think, oh God, here we go. Like, this is it. You know, now back to square one. Um, but, you know, we um, did good to come back from being, you know, in a losing position. And I think that, again, just shows the character of the players. And there's no doubt that these players do care about the club and the fans and winning games. And, you know, you watch the videos that they post at the end of, like, the full-time scenes and the players Mm -hmm. are happy. Like, they look like they care. And I think that's really good. And, you know, it's really great that, you know, Ryvich scored again because he was getting a bit sloppy and not really doing much. But, yeah, I think, you know, the subs, yeah... They just didn't help the game. And then, obviously, when Millwall score, you, uh, score, you think, oh, here we go. Like, this is it. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, no. Yeah, well, I mean, we just talked about how bad the subs were. Two of them combined to make sure that we didn't lose a game. So, typical what for day. But um, I think that's testament as well. And just before that, actually, I want to point out, Reese Healy did finally come on. I know we've seen him against Sunderland and Stephen in the Cup. 87 minutes, he come on for... Edo Kayembe, who I said earlier, had a fantastic game. For me, the best in a Watford shirt that we've seen. Um, and he had his Passetto moment because, and nobody's really talking about this now. I don't know whether it's because it was one of them where it's just sort of like you, you forget it happens because of the last minute scenes. But there was a chance at 2 1 that Millwall could have very easily made it 3 1. The ball went over Backman. And at the time, I didn't know it was Healy. And Healy's not the tallest of guys. So he, he got underneath it, headed it onto the bar, and he'd come away and we cleared it. Uh, and like I say, you know, that would have made it 3-1 to Millwall with, what, in the 90th minute. And yeah, there was six minutes added on. Uh, there's there's no way we'd have come back from that. So, you know, Reese Healy, hats off to you, mate. You know, he comes on, he can very easily come on these last few minutes and just sort of run around and, you know, not really care because, you know, he's probably pissed off. He's not really getting the chance and, you know, I don't blame him. And it sort of sort of takes me back to when I spoke to Anthony from um, from the Toulouse fan group. And he said, you know, every time he plays, he's going to give 100%. And, you know, can I say give 100% basing him on three, six, nine minutes, whatever it is? Uh, it's hard to judge, but... You know, to, to be in that position in the first place, to clear it off the line and make sure it doesn't go 3-1, that is that is some doing and, and that's, you know, him giving it his all. So I would like to see him over the next few games, you know, especially when we, we're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. You know, there's no reason he shouldn't be playing. But listen, I understand, you know, maybe Bio is, is impressing with his work rate and if Ryovic can come on and, and, and get the goals that he does, then... You know, that, that's possibly what's keeping him out of the team. But there was six minutes added on. And in the 92nd minute, loser put a cross in. And Tommy Mooney summed it up perfectly. Ryovic, his laziness really worked to our detriment because he, he he was literally just stood in the box, like just waiting for the ball. And if he wasn't, if, if that was Bio, Bio maybe wouldn't have been in there because he would have been trying to win the ball from deep and, and trying to get back in in time and maybe just would have missed it. But Ryovic was like, nah, fuck it, I'm going to stand there and you guys can hit me with the crosses and I'll try and get my head on them. And no one was marking him in absolute no man's land. 
and you know the, the marking was poor, a bit reminiscent of Watford's marking. And there he was, headed home, his fourth goal of the season. Uh, it was really, really brilliant to see. Um, I mean, there, you know, Jake Cooper, the man to mark him. Jake Cooper, by the way, there's a picture of them doing that United against racism where they're holding the flag. He towers over everyone. Like, he makes he makes bloody uh, Wesley Hoot look like a midget. And it's like, Wesley Hoot's a big bastard as well. So he really is tall and he won everything in the air yesterday. And you can see why Watford wanted him. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's a towering, imposing figure. But uh, like Pete said on the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes uh, Twitter space yesterday, I think he's going to stay at Millwall till the cows come home. And I think a lot of that is because of the sad passing of the chairman. I think he, he was quite touched by that. And he put a statement out to say that he was going to stay with Millwall. And he's Millwall through and through and fair play to him. But I think he had a good game against us yesterday. Luckily, he didn't cause us too much uh, trouble. But yeah, um, going back to, to, to the goal, that never you know, that, that never giving up attitude. And I, I just want to read out that something Ben said in our group chat because I think it is very, very true. I think I, I asked him if there's anything he wanted me to bring up. And he said, just speak about the character of the team and how Val deserves credit for it. Many times this season, we've came from behind. The last two seasons, we, we would have gone on to lose heavily. Um, and, you know... Joe says, you know, we'd have given up when that second goal went in, but the, the team kept going and got their rewards. And we've shown a few times this season, and he does deserve a lot of credit for that because in past seasons, it could have gone a lot worse. But the togetherness of this side is class. And then Ben said, you know, if I'm honest, I think fans' mentality needs to change now as well. The players' mentality is stronger, but fans need to do it now. The moment Millwall scored late on yesterday, loads of people got up and left. That needs to change. Give the players your support and don't just get up because we've conceded. We got ourselves back into the game yesterday and the players. Cam, how true is that? Like last season, when Millwall scored that goal like with five minutes left, we, we'd have capitulated. We, we'd have just been like, nah, we, we're not coming back against this. And we, we wouldn't have lost, you know, that third goal would have gone in and maybe a fourth. And, you know, it's reminiscent of the Huddersfield game last season at home, you know, to take the lead and to, to go ahead and then to lose that we really are seeing a turnaround in the mentality of the team and that credit has to go down to Val, doesn't it? Yeah, he he's changed the culture. He, he looks like he's working really hard behind the scenes and he's got these players wanting to play for us. Uh, I've got absolutely no doubt that this is a Watford team that will give 100% no matter what. Um, yeah, doubts about quality, but... Mm. I'm, like you said, last season, we, we never get a draw out of that game after going 2-1 down. And to be honest, what you said about fans, I mean, I had absolutely no faith that we'd get anything out of that because <laughs> why why should I? It's We're, we're always disappointed, aren't we? But um, no, that, that looks like it could change. We scored late goals for the last three games now, um, plus the, the Birmingham one and coming from behind against Cardiff. There's a lot of character in this squad and yeah, I think we as fans need to realise that we're we're not a team blessed with quality anymore. Yeah, that's frustrating considering where we've been, but it's the truth. We're not blessed with quality and we're not promotion contenders. What we need to recognise is that we do have a group of players that are giving their all. And that is what we've been asking for, isn't it? That That's something to build on. 
absolutely is you know the the amount of times at the end of last season the season before we will we just want our Watford back we want a team that are going to look like they're giving a hundred percent and Katie that that's what we've seen the last few games the results haven't been pretty uh, sorry the performances haven't been pretty the results bloody well have because we've not lost in four games and you know people moan oh well you know, I saw the amount of people moaning after that Sheffield Wednesday game. And I'm like, this is a championship, man. Like, there's going to be games where we, we're fucking class and we win. There's going to be games where we shit and we win. There's going to be games where we're really good and we draw. There's going to be games where we're really crap and we draw. And you get you get the gist where I'm going. But that is a championship. And sometimes you have to grind results out. Look at Leicester. Your boyfriend's a Leicester fan, yeah? And yeah. like... Leicester are top of the league. They're, they're, for me, they get 100 points easily this season. You, I bet if you were to ask him and any other Leicester fan, are they playing sexy football every week, week in, week out and blowing teams away? I bet a large portion of them would be like, well, no, we're not actually. We, you know, They've got the quality to, to be able to do that. So I think it is so true that this is a Watford team that have got fight and got character in it. And we've been wanting that for a long time, haven't we, Katie? Yeah, I mean, and it's about like having the patience with this team. Like, you know, we went through our rough patch a few weeks ago where everyone was like, oh, I was going to get the sack now. Like, <laughs> and, you know, our own fans were even saying that, like, he's gone, sack him. He doesn't know what he's doing. Like, the team's a mess, blah, blah, blah. But we've seen it with the players, Um, you know, giving them time uh, game time and suddenly now they've become like these new players who are really really great and we've seen it with Val like you have to work through these bad patches where it might get bad and then um sorry my Siri just turned on (laughs) I don't know why I did that um like yeah you know working through the patches getting them over and there is no doubt that he has got this team that actually care about Watford and they care about the club and you see it in them and you see it in the way that they act with each other and their celebrations it is a team and it's united and I just think that's all we can ask and eventually the results will come with it and they are you know with three unbeaten four four unbeaten now you know we've got Huddersfield away and Rotherham and they're the next two we could go six unbeaten and then obviously I know the games building up to Christmas are a lot harder but we have to build on this and I have no doubts that the team that we have, you know, they'll stick together. They'll, you know, they play well when they can. Mm. I mean, we haven't got the biggest amount of quality, but when they want to, they can really switch it on. But I'm, I'm happy watching this Watford side, regardless of the result. If that team is performing and trying, that's all I care about. Absolutely. And I think that's what a lot of fans sort of need to remember that is, at the end of the day, yes, we want our team to be in the best league in the world. Of course we do. Any football fan would wish that on their football team. But just having a Watford that we can be proud of, having a Watford that we know are coming off that pitch at the end of the game and giving 100%. And it might be a bit of a low bar because of how we've, you know, the, the performances in the team that we've had to put up with the last few seasons have been that sort of poor. Like for me, personally, when I went to Swansea on Tuesday to see Kone run over to the fans with the passion and you could genuinely see he was so buzzing when that final whistle went. I love that. Like I was 
I was just as, you know, um, passionate as he was. And it's just great to see. And I, I just, that is what we want. And yeah, you know, we, we might have to sacrifice sticking about in the championship for another couple of seasons. But to be honest, I'm happy with that. I've got no problem with that. If I know that the Watford team that I pay my hard-earned money to are going to give 100%. Because there's nothing worse, in, in especially in this day and age. If I want to go to Watford now, after factoring fuel, you know, it's uh, probably a 300-round mile trip for me. Um, ticket, hotel if I'm stopping down, food, drink. You know, I could easily spend minimum of £150 going to Watford. Um, you know, with, with the cost of living and everything and money being tight and all that, it's, it, you know, it's not something that I have the luxury of doing week in, week out. And so every time I go and pay my hard-earned money, if I'm watching a Watford side that don't really give a shit, then I'm like, what is the point? And, you, you know, attendances are looking a bit sort of, low for Watford over the last few seasons. And can I blame certain fans? No, I can't. You know, the Vic does look empty at times. I was looking yesterday, and especially towards the Millwall fans, although that might have been premeditated because they're, they're not the nicest bunch. But, um, you know, especially the surrounding John stand near the Millwall fans, it, it was practically empty in the surrounding John stand. And, you know, hopefully we can start seeing attendances pick up a little bit more and you know we can start saying that we're proud of this Watford team and we know that they're giving 100% and like you rightly pointed out there we've got two big games coming up as well where on paper you know you'd like to think that we can get six points there, there's the famous words but they're, they're, they're games that we, we can look towards and, and hopefully get those six points from because that would be some return that would uh, I mean Cam going into Huddersfield are you are you confident of us picking up a result? Obviously, you know we just won our first away game in two hundred and ninety five days. Um, yeah, look, I mean, it'd be typical to go and pick up two on the bounce, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, no, it wouldn't. We're not winning two away games, <laughs> but yeah, that's true. I, I think we can go there and get something. Maybe play with a bit of confidence because, I mean, I didn't get to watch the Swansea game fully, but I heard it. It wasn't. It, it was sort of a gritty performance, wasn't it? And yeah. We didn't play sort of the football we played against Millwall, but I'd like to see us, you know, go go away from home against quite a poor team and and try and impose our style on them. And you know, hopefully a result will come with that. And yeah, it's it's nice to to be in this run where we can pick up points. Let's not get carried away because uh, a few weeks ago everyone on Twitter convinced me we're in a relegation battle, <laughs> uh, and now everyone's saying we're so close to the playoffs. So yeah, it can all. It can all change um, in a matter of weeks. Uh, so, yeah, let's see what Huddersfield and Rotherham do to us. Uh, Rotherham are currently 2-0 down to Sheffield Wednesday, I think. So, Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so I, I don't think there's any chance we beat them, to be honest. Oh, but, wow. I did not know that. I forgot they were playing now, to be honest. But uh, Yeah, yeah. Um, another team up the road from us are 1-0 down as well. So that's that's always fun. <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to Huddersfield. I... I want to see how we do, especially, you know, I think we owe him one after after last time out of the Vic. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And one winning nine for Huddersfield and they've got Watford up next and we usually know how that ends. I'm not going to ask you guys for predictions because 
we'll, we'll we'll wrap it up there. I've got a couple of things to mention before I, I, I switch the, the 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 stream off. Um, we'll be back on Tuesday or Wednesday night. I can't remember now. I'm the guy that organised it. I can't remember. Um, we're going to have a Huddersfield podcast. The podcast is called "And He Takes That Chance," which I believe is uh, in relation to when they won the uh, the playoff final to get promoted to the Premier League. I think that's what the commentator said. Um, so, yeah, they'll be on on Tuesday or Wednesday to talk about the game on Saturday. Uh, and then, obviously, we'll be back on the Sunday to talk about the game against Huddersfield. Uh, I probably won't be there, though, because, uh, and this is a real shameless plug, uh, but I am running for charity on the Saturday, the 4th of November, when we're playing Huddersfield. I'm going to try and share my screen for you guys that are watching at home. Let me see if this works. If you guys, if there's people that aren't watching at home, then uh, you probably won't see this. But here we go. So I believe this is working now. So, um, yeah, I massive, massive thanks has to go out to Do Not Scratch Your Eyes because I went on their Twitter space yesterday and Pete very kindly asked me how training's going. Um, so I've coming into the final week of training this Monday coming with the run on Saturday itself. Uh, when I spoke to the guys at Do Not Scratch Your Eyes yesterday, I was £20 short of the £250 target. Uh, as you can see now, that has been smashed out of the water and largely thanks to those that listen to Do Not Scratch Your Eyes, I am now up to £315 uh, which is very, very kind. I must say a massive thank you to Pete Fincham, who very kindly donated £50. Hazel and then Paul as well both come off the back of the uh, the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes Twitter space yesterday. So, yeah, I really want to say thank you to those guys. Um, if you have any sort of any donation you want to make, whether it's £1, £10, £100, whatever, um, then message us and I will very happily send over the link uh, just because I've hit the, the target now. I want to completely smash it out of the park and smash it out of the water. I'm uh, I'm feeling the as as good as I can, I suppose. Um, the last sort of couple of 10K runs I've done, perhaps not the best condition I've ran them in, but this time around I like to think that I'm in a much better position and hopefully a personal best. I'll obviously update everyone on the Twitter after Saturday. Uh, but yeah, so uh, these guys, I'm sure, will be back on the Sunday to talk about the Huddersfield game. And then the following week on the Tuesday, uh, we are speaking to a Rotherham podcast. And then obviously the uh, that following Sunday, we'll be then back to talk about the Rotherham game. Uh, but thank you very much for tuning in to today's Voices of the Vic podcast. Thank you for popping your comments and questions in. We always love to hear from you guys and love interacting with you, and love your questions and comments. Um, but yeah, if you like this video, don't forget to hit the like button underneath the video on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button as well. I must say, when I was looking through the other day on the statistics, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a geek and a nerd when it comes to the statistics of the podcast, and I often bore these guys to tears in the uh, in the in the group sometimes, saying, "Oh, we've we've had a listener from Cambodia, and you know, we so many people listen from Hungary, and it it blows my mind to be honest." But the the one thing that 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 strikes me, which sort of surprises me, is a large portion of you guys that watch on YouTube don't actually subscribe to us. 
So I know it might not seem that big of a deal to you, but believe me, it makes a lot of difference. Um, so yeah, if you if you if you like the video and subscribe, uh, don't forget to to like it on Facebook as well, and you can leave a rating on Apple Podcast and Spotify as well. Um, we really do appreciate it. We see everything. We see you guys' good comments as well. So until Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, when we'll be back, I'm not sure who'll be back yet with me or Ben. Uh, but stay safe, everyone. Take care and come on, you Sports Social Podcast Network.